1: The sign you see up ahead, I'm, I'm guessing, we're probably going to have to update.
0: No, there was no <laughs> accident. Uh,
1: there kind of was. Uh, welcome everybody. This is uh, Sci-Fi for Me TV. My name is Jason Hunt. I'm the editor here, and uh, we are live from the bunker.
0: And
1: this is Mrs. Boss here. Mrs. Boss is here. We'll get to you in a minute. You just, you just hang tight. I give a shout out to everybody who's listening to this as a podcast. Uh, We're on a number of different player platforms. You can also uh, join us by Discord. We are live on YouTube, uh, YouTube Rumble, Odyssey, Twitch, and Kick. So good to have all of you with us. The email address live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com, or you can leave a comment on any of the videos, uh, any of the threads, and, and whatnot. So join us for that. And I I say I say we might have to update this. There is a story. There is a story, and uh, actually, I got quite a few stories <laughs> because it's been one of those weeks. I got dive bombed by a <laughs> hummingbird this morning. So there's that. And in the corn dog run, Junior Office Dog discovered the baby rabbits. Uh, no, she didn't kill any of them.
0: Squeaker toy.
1: I did manage to uh, intervene before things got terrible. <coughs> So so all of that happening so we're going to have to put additional fencing up inside the corn dog run.
0: But I do have to say that office dog was very good about going out and doing his business and making sure one of the corn plants was properly watered.
1: Yeah, well there is that. So anyway, so let's let's have some story time, shall we? So Mrs. Boss
0: now make sure you go far enough back to understand why.
1: So, <laughs> we don't understand why. That's the problem. We don't know what's been going on. So, there Mrs. Is. Boss has been having headaches, dizzy spells, and such. And every now and again, it's it's like tension right in here in the back of the neck and, and the shoulders and the upper back and whatnot. And every now and again, we'll do some Stretching. Maneuvers and kind of try to kind of loosen things up. And
0: now, hold on for a second. The what? stretching maneuvers were not because of that. So, let me, let me, let me, let me interject here. <clears throat> so, a couple months ago, my arch on my left foot started hurting.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Ended up revisiting my podiatrist. We are very good friends because I have two feet. And found out that plantar fasciitis is not just like the bottom of your feet it can affect your arch and that's what ended up happening so during that period of time I was kind of limping around Uh because that hurt that got better and within a week my Achilles tendon on the right foot that is painful so ended up back at the podiatrist ended up in a boot For the last, you know, about four weeks now.
1: And it's a pretty boot.
0: Yeah, it actually goes all the way up to the knee. And I've always gotten the shorter ones that go to the calf. So, Mm. feeling kind of special here. Right. And so, at that point, you know, I've been going around with this boot on. And as you know, the bunker is not exactly on the same floor of everything else in the house. Which means stairs. And getting upstairs and downstairs is not an easy feat when you have boot. So I'm having to use other muscles in my body, my arms and my back and shoulders that I have not had to use since I was, you know, since I used to be a gym junkie. So they're a little bit whatever. Anyway, so get upstairs, get downstairs and my back is hurting pretty darn bad, especially since, you know, we've been doing all the work outside as so, well.
1: So we've been doing some some things to try to alleviate some of that. And last week I we we did our usual thing that we have done in the past. It's not anything different. It's not anything new. Where I'll I'll wrap around under her arms and kinda lift just to get a little extension in the spine. Just kinda stretch everything out. And turned her around. She's facing me. I my arms around to do the lift like we normally do, and we hear this pop. And Mrs. Boss is like, "Oh, I
0: felt that." Uh, no, I think I screamed.
1: Uh, it was.
0: It was. I was already in tears. Yeah. From everything else, but I screamed.
1: <laughs> so he felt it. <laughs> so X-rays came back this morning. And see, and this is this is what confuses me a little bit because the X-rays came back this morning, and there are three fractured ribs.
0: Three fractures, two ribs.
1: Three fractures on two ribs. Okay, but all of the fractures, according to what you're telling me, all of the fractures they say took place at different times.
0: That is correct. So two so fractures are that on work? one. One fractures on another. And according to what they see in these x rays, one of the fractures on one and the one fracture that's by itself on the other are already in a healing process. So they've started healing, but they're not at the same rate of healing either, which goes to suggest that all three of them happened at
1: different, three
0: times. different times. And the one that's not healing yet is probably the one that yeah. we did. That I did.
1: So you've got so so we have we have grounds to reset the clock is what I'm saying.
0: I don't think so. I didn't have an accident.
1: (laughs) It was an accident.
0: You were doing something normal. It was
1: still an accident. So anyway.
0: go find spock's brain. We're
1: on the road to recovery, I guess. Uh, so anyway, so there is that. All right. So yeah, me, Sp- uh, spock. <sighs> Let me do this first. I'm going i I'm, I'm going to say something nice about about the wife. So, a few weeks ago, I get this in the mail, the Deep Space 9 season Oh, this is uh Volume 2 collection of the Deep Space Nine soundtrack. Over the weekend, we get another package. I was like, oh, what is this? And in that, because I had mentioned this when we were talking about John Williams last week, or the week before, or whenever. And so Mrs. Boss went and got the John Williams Disaster Movie soundtrack collection. This has got uh, The Poseidon Adventure, The Towering of Frodo, and Earthquake, all scores written by Johnny Williams. And then here's the Lady Hawk soundtrack, the score, which also it's a two disc collection. It also includes all of the radio commercials for Lady Hawk. I think there's like ten of them. That that was a nice little bonus. And then Big Trouble in Little China got the got the score for that too. So thank you very much, Mrs. Boss. That was that was nice of you. And all that came, all that came after, after I broke her. So anyway, all right. So Midnight's Edge, hey, Tom is in the chat. Use those for Mead Radio. Yeah, you, know, you need to check out, uh, everyone needs to check out Mid- Midnight's Edge. There's Jack coming in the driveway. Yeah. <sighs> Guest office dog just arrived, so. I'll go bring him down. All right, have fun with that. See, everything happens all at once. Uh so anyway, alright, so let's let's talk about Spark. Because I've seen I have not seen this week's episode of Strange New Worlds with the time jumping and and New Kirk. I don't have very much optimism about it. Cause it's time jumping again. It's multiple times. I am convinced that Strange New Worlds and all of Kurtzman Trek take place in an alternate timeline. This is not the prime timeline, because this is not Spock. Akiva Goldsman and the writer's room at Strange New Worlds have absolutely no idea about what the character of Spock is. Now, in the late 60s and the early 70s, there was uh, a juxtaposition of a couple of different fandoms coming out of Star Trek. These pins started to show up. Little pins that you wear on your lapel. It says, I Grok Spock. Of course, Grok, being a Martian term from Stranger in a Strange Land, means to fully and immersively understand something. And New Trek... Kurtzman trick. They do not grok Spock. And uh, uh, Shane at Pop Pop XP, I think it was Pop XP. He was on. He was on with uh, Robert Meyer Burnett the other day. He was talking about the Spock that we saw in Discovery is probably a better Spock than what we're getting in Strange New Worlds. And Strange New Worlds season one did okay. But for some reason, they have decided to lean into this idea that Spock is autistic. And it's an absolutely horrifyingly stupid, stupid idea. In an early episode, I want to say it was the Corbomite Maneuver. Mr. Sulu, I think he was talking, I think I think this was the corporal might maneuver. Mr. Sulu said, don't cross paths with Spock, he'll cut you to ribbons. Now, of course, at this point, he's the first officer. He's the chief science officer and all that. But the, the implication is that Spock is very, very smart and very sharp-witted. And as we saw throughout the entire Run of the original series. Spock gave as good as he got. And. It, he's also been. A very private person. So much so. That when we get to Journey to Babel. And the Vulcan ambassador. And his wife show up on the Enterprise. That's when Kirk and Spock. Uh, Kirk and McCoy. Spock's best friends. That's when they find out. Oh by the way. Spock's father is the Vulcan ambassador. He didn't even say anything to his best friends about his family. Very private. Camp says the original pilot, Spock, was also quite aggressive. He was a little bit more energetic. I don't know that I would say aggressive so much. I mean, I could see where you, would, you could use that term. Um, he didn't have quite as much self-restraint, self-control. The women. But that's still not the Spock that we're getting in Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds has decided that Spock is on the spectrum and they're going to use that for comedy hijinks. I would like the ship to go. Now. What a dumb thing. An absolutely dumb thing. I mean, if he is currently in in, in this timeline, if he is the third officer you have the captain, you have the first officer, and you have the second officer. Well, I guess he's the second officer. He's third in command by rank. He would have already exhibited a certain amount of facility when it comes to commanding other people because he's in charge of the science department. If he's the, if he's the chief science officer on the ship, he has, an whole, he has an entire department to run. See, this is the thing that I think that people forget. He's not the only science officer. As the chief science officer, he's in charge of all the science officers on the ship. So the geologists, the meteorologists, the biologists, the 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 gemologists. I mean, if there's any kind of anologist that studies any kind of the earth sciences or the or, or the astronomical sciences or the biological sciences. And maybe biological would be under medical. But Spock being the chief science officer is in charge of an entire department full of tens or hundreds of of science officers. Yeah. It's not just him. And the 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 stories that are told in Star Trek, the original series, a lot of times depend very much on Spock's facility as the science officer, as the Vulcan with analytical skills and deductive reasoning skills and the ability to stubborn his way through something and you know it's just like Kirk says to Spock in in mirror mirror you're the most logical person you find a you find a reason and make it stick and make it logical you, you, Spock can out logic anybody and he's also a class a7 computer, Sci- specialist. I mean, he's got all sorts of skills and abilities, and also in Journey to Babel, we have Spock's mother chiding him because he is not letting his emotions out. He's he's got all everything walled up and holed up and closed in, and like I never could reach you. The Spock that we get in Strange New Worlds is nothing like that. Now, I've complained before about the whole thing with Spock and T'Pring in season one. I mean, this show is breaking all sorts of continuity with regard to T'Pring and Spock. And the relationship that they have, I mean, this really does feel like a CW type of show in terms of the angst and the the interactions between people. And if you've got, I mean, all right, we, we, could, we could get into the whole Gorn thing, <coughs> and I might. Uh, and Michael, yes, Michael is right. Leadership positions require communication skills. That's an excellent point. Whether Spock lets himself feel emotions or express emotions or whatever, he's got to have communication skills. Now, now we've even seen, you know, with his confrontation with Boma, for example, in in Galileo Seven, he might not have had the best communication skills as a as a as a leader, as a expedition leader, a landing party leader. But he's one of these guys who's like, you know, you will do your job. And we're going to get the job done. And you don't have to like me to get the job done. And when you have, basically, you have a watered down, maybe not as bad, you have, you have... Dustin Hoffman's autistic character from Rain Man as their template. And this goes back to what I talked about before and and what other people have talked about these these people writing these shows these days are not literate. They don't understand story. They don't understand they don't have a literary background. They don't have any understanding of classic literature. Now they might but they don't, they don't demonstrate it. I, I, the, courtroom, the courtroom episode last week was just so, so talky. I got done with that episode, and I looked over at Mindy, and I said I could have done exactly the same thing with half the dialogue and as Paul Tetto points out, there wasn't even a B-plot in that thing. Everybody sat around staring at the window for, for the duration of the trial. Like, give these characters something to do. You've got your entire, I get it, the ship is in dry dock, but you've got your entire command staff sitting around a table watching TV for the entire episode. Dumb. And the entire episode turns out to be about the lawyer, Yes, Queen Lawyer. And of course, they've got that one lingering shot at the end with Una and Yes, Queen Lawyer holding their hands before they get and It implies there was something there. Ooh, sizzle, sizzle. Because we got to check those boxes, right? These writers don't. I, they're self inserts. They're not writing Christine Chapel. They're not writing Spock. They're not writing Mabenga. They're writing themselves. They're putting themselves into these stories. And Spock especially, they're having, they're having fun at Spock's expense. Ooh, let's have him say this line. Tee hee 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 hee, won't that be funny? Spock is not the comic relief. Spock is not supposed to be the one you make fun of. He's not the one you're supposed to be uh, 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 laughing at. Spock is the smart one. He's the brilliant scientist. He is one of the most renowned science officers in Starfleet. And Ethan Peck is doing a fine job with the material that he's getting, but the material he's getting is crap. The path exists involved in society for those who cannot find balance and serenity, embracing logic, keeps emotions in check. Now, the cul- the culinar process goes even further than just keeping emotions in check. The whole process for culinar is to completely eliminate emotions. That's a whole nother level of mental discipline that's supposed to just completely go away, uh, do away with, with emotions uh, altogether. It's not just... Let's find a way to suppress them. Let's find a way to eliminate them. The and our, uh, uh acolytes are very much into purging emotions, and that's what Spock went to go do after the after the five-year mission was over because he was angry that Kirk had accepted promotion. That was what, and and some of this is in the story is in the, in the is in the books, <coughs> but he was angry that Kirk accepted promotion. And all all of the different things in his career and his path and his family, and so he was just like, forget it. I'm uh, emotions are a mess. I'm gonna go get rid of them. And there were plenty of times when he blamed his humanity for his his failure to do something. He's just like, ah, if, if only I was fully Vulcan. But that's not the Spock that we get here. We don't have a Spock. I mean, we don't have a spark that's fighting for that balance internally. We're seeing him lose that fight externally. Every, I mean, how my, How many times? How many times are we going to see Spock cry in this episode? In, in in this series? In this season? The relationship that he's got with Christine Chapel, for example, one shouldn't exist because two, Chapel shouldn't even be there. Because it was established, in what are little girls made of, that she had joined Starfleet late in order to go find her, her fiancé, Roger Corby. She shouldn't even be on the ship. And neither should Uhura. They shouldn't be there. Where's Tyler? Where's Jose Tyler? Where's Yeoman Colt? Where are the characters that were established on the show in the cage? Where are they? And why do you have an Asian named Mitchell? It just doesn't make any sense. But Spock is one of these, just... I mean, Spock is an iconic character. Mainly because of Leonard Nimoy's performance. But... What we're getting in Strange New Worlds is just... A bastardization of the entire Star Trek mythology, really. There are some good performances every now and again. I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Rebecca Romijn as number one. I think the whole I think the whole Gorn thing is stupid. You know, Gorn xenomorphs, really. And 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 it was established in Arena. See, these people don't understand continuity. It was established in Arena that that was the first time they had encountered the Gorn was when they attacked the Cestus 3 outpost. Yes, that's right. Mazer so, says, Just jumping in, already hearing about Strange New Worlds from other users, particularly about the fact that Kirk and Khan Jr. were staying at a cheap Canadian hotel. Well, that's the time travel episode we're getting this week. Because you got, uh, what's his name, Paul's, uh, Paul Whoever playing Jim Kirk. And apparently... Something happens and it flips a timeline and Laon decides, you know, Laon determines, oh, something happened in the past that's changed now and I'm the only one who's not affected for reasons. And so she goes to the bridge and finds Kirk in command and so they got to do a time travel hijinks thing. And really that that whole thing with Laon, Christina Chong is doing a good job with the with the character. There is absolutely no reason for her to be Laan Nunian Singh. One, Khan and his people were cast out in 1996. And there is no established record. There's nothing in continuity, nothing that says Khan had any offspring. And even then, what offspring would keep the name Nunian Singh after the eugenics wars? Somebody pointed out in a in a video the other day. I think it was on I think it was on Robert Robert Meyer Burnett's uh, channel. How many Hitlers are there these days? Do you do you think that people would change that name in order to not be associated with the monster? And you have, I mean, when when World War Two ended. I mean, we see this in Back to the Future. When Back to the Future, they're we talking about when uh, when Doc Brown's family came across the the ocean to the United States. They were German. And he says, "No, no, 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 no. My my grandfather's name was Von Braun, and when we came to America, he changed it to Brown. You know, the German. There were a lot of Germans that changed their names just so people wouldn't un, wouldn't realize that they were German. Yeah. Post World War II, things German were not." looked upon with very much favor and if you're gonna sit there and say my name is and Singh after the eugenics wars after the eugenics wars created this whole series of events that there are now laws against genetic engineering and you're you're sitting there with the name of the one for the reason the laws exist I mean come on why, why would it be a thing for the Illyrians to be illegal because of genetic modification? And you've got Noonien Singh on the crew as security officer. Justify that. I mean, that's fine. You want to do that if she's a descendant of Khan. But she's a descendant of the person who is the reason for all of these anti-eugenics laws in the first place. So reconcile that please. How how do you how do you get past that? I <sighs> Death Angel Shadow says they want to destroy everything we love, appreciate, and in many cases can relate to. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Mazur says the idea that they stepped all over in continuity was this notion that Khan was supposed to have been completely forgotten or buried by history by Kirk's time. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. Who is this guy? And if if Spock is serving on the ship with a descendant of Khan, why didn't he recognize Khan when they picked him up? Why didn't he know anything about him? Explain that to me. You are sitting there and establishing a whole new type of, a, a whole new continuity. Which is why I'm, I'm in my head, Strange New Worlds is in a different timeline. Go do whatever you want to. Fine, yes. You want Gorn Xenomorphs? Fine. You want autistic Spock, who's basically a child? Fine. Whatever. It's not Star Trek. It's, it's Star Trek-ish. It's, a, it's fan fiction. And that's part of the problem. You've got fans who are making stuff that's more accurate and more faithful to the source material than what the real stuff is. I say real, quote unquote real. And it's, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be funny if, and they're trying to turn everything on its ear, especially with regard to Spock, because they don't, understand these characters. Especially they don't understand Spock. They don't understand his point of view, his perspective as the as the as the outsider. He's not an outsider because he's mentally impaired. He's the outsider because he's different from everybody else and nobody would accept him. The humans see him as Vulcan. The Vulcans see him as less than because he's, his blood is tainted by human. He's not accepted. He's isolated. And that informs everything about him in terms of how he interacts with others, what he does with his career. He comes in and he closes off, and so he focuses all of his attention on being the science officer, being doing the job. Because this is where I fit in in Starfleet. And he does the best he can at everything he does— And he becomes the best officer and he becomes the best scientist and he becomes the best computer operator. He he strives for excellence in what he does partially as compensation to go and look and say, hey, dad, look, I made it. Look at all you ninnies who who made fun of me when I was a kid calling me human and, and look, look at what I've achieved. Look at who I am. And he even says it in Star Trek V. He said, I'm not that persecuted little boy anymore. I grew out of that. I grew up. I got better. I made something of myself. I've proven myself. I don't have, I don't have to worry about all of this emotional baggage stuff that you assume that I have because I was, I was bullied as a kid. Spock, Spock grew up. And we don't see that. We haven't got that in Strange New Worlds. They're taking him in a completely different direction emotionally on this roller coaster or whatever because of of Chapel. And it's dumb. It's absolutely dumb to see Spock, of all characters, emotionally stunted like this. It's not that he can't handle emotions. He he controls them. We, we it, it, there's all sorts of examples of this. <clears throat> Every time you know the spores this side of paradise. He's I mean I'm controlling my emotions. You know he's got this external influence trying to get him to be emotional and it's and it it's driving him just batty, and he's like you know and what does he do? He resorts to math. Two, four, six. Because he's got to control. And so he controls his emotions by being analytical. That has to be... That has to come from something. That has to come from somewhere. Let's see that. But they're not going to do that. They're basically going... I don't... I, I Look, I don't know where they're going to take Spock. I don't care. This, I'm... I'm... Emotion, I'm invested in Spock and the original Spock much more than I am invested in Strange New World Spock. This show almost completely lost me last, year, last season with, with the Mabenga episode with his daughter. I was outraged at that episode. And this season is not, is not impressing me at all. Uh, Donnie Pearson in the chat, hello, I hope everyone is well, despite Power Rangers ending production in New Zealand after two decades, oh my. Aren't they working on a new, wait, aren't they, you got the 30th anniversary thing that Netflix is doing, but aren't they working on a new series or a new movie or something after that? I, I, I thought they were still in production on Power Rangers for some reason, I don't know. I may, uh, I may have to look into that. Uh Mazur says the Abrams and Kurtzman eras have endowed Spock with a quality that has never been more non-Spock. Angst. Yeah. That's a good that's a good Yeah, that's a good point. Uh Michael says the show Enterprise showed us just what sort of alarmist bigots the Vulcans can be. See, I I have a I have a problem with the Enterprise characterization of Vulcans as well. Um <clears throat> but that one you can kind of justify because the vulcans the vulcans make first contact in in first contact in Bozeman, Montana and as they get to know humans they start to realize oh crap these people are so unpredictable and so illogical and oh what have we gotten ourselves into and i can see a little bit of that in how the Vulcans are portrayed. Oh, these children, they just really don't understand what they're doing here, do they? We must step in. But, this Spock is a teenager. Well, less than a teenager. Mentally, he is an adolescent, and he's still learning how to be a grown-up in a grown-up world among grown-ups, and that's not fair to Ethan Peck. That doesn't give him a whole lot to do. <clears throat> I mean, the the confrontation with Pasak in in this thing there, you know, Ortega's and Mabenga sitting there in the in the in the lounge, and they're watching the two Vulcan. You're, they're watching Spock and and the Vulcan admiral going back and forth and there's nothing happening i mean they're just sitting there and ortegas is figuring you know they're they're being all chummy and mabenga's like no look at their body language they hate each other whatever and spock comes over and says i apologize for you know you know, i i did not mean for you to see that outburst spock wouldn't do that spock wouldn't say anything like that he would just get up and leave or if he'd come over or somebody, you know, if Mabengo would say something, you know, hey, I just saw that. Are you OK? Oh, I'm fine. You know, it would, and he would give as good as he gets. Even if it's unrefined, even if it's not as polished as what we saw in the original series, because he's older, he's got more experience with that, dealing with the barbs and the jibes and the whatnot. And it's just like McCoy being his foil, you know, they they sharpen each other's wit because that's I'm, that's what they do. They poke at each other and they're very good at it. And Spock gives as good as he gets. And you're not getting any of that in Strange New Worlds. And for him to decide in the first episode of the second season for him to decide to steal the ship <clears throat> dumb because we're stealing ideas from stuff that we've seen before. We're not doing anything original. I mean, again, with time travel. We're going to do time travel again. Again. We did time travel last season. We did time travel in Picard Season 2. We've done time travel in Discovery. We've done time travel... Uh, the whole... The whole uh, 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 Time war, whatever thing that was set up at the beginning of Enterprise. Enough. We got time travel in Indiana Jones. And yes, I saw Indiana Jones last night. Not going to talk about it yet. I'm still processing. It's not as bad as I expected it to be. But I'm still processing. There's some stuff. There's some stuff that works. There's some stuff that a lot of people are making assumptions about that are that are not quite what everybody's assuming. It is not the best way for Indiana Jones to go out. I'll say that <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just, that's kind of kind of what Cameron was talking about. It's it's okay, it's okay. There's there's some unnecessary stuff in there. It's 20 minutes too long. It's 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 at least 20 minutes too long. The um, the editing needs to be a little bit tighter. And there's some stuff in there that's like, why are you why why are you doing that? Why are we why are we going here doing this thing doing that thing with The thing, what what are you doing? There, there are too many, there are too many moving parts that are completely unnecessary. Uh, Mike says, "Blame Trek time travel since tomorrow is yesterday." Well, no, it's it's not. Now I'm not talking about Trek Trek time travel. I'm talking about nowadays in the entertainment industry, in science fiction film and television, we are spending so much time with all of these shows all of these uh, all of these productions incorporating either time travel or multiverse it's either a time travel story or it's a multiverse story multiverse 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 alternate timeline alternate timeline time travel time travel multiverse multi enough i want a moratorium on time travel and multiverse stories for at least 5 years don't do them anymore we have done them to death because one makes money one wins a bunch of awards, and oh hey, this is what everybody wants us to do, so that everybody starts to do it now. In the last two, three years, we've had had how many multiverse stories? Doctor Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Spider Man No Way Home, Everything Everywhere All at Once. We had alternate timeline in Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds. We had we had time travel in Star Trek Prodigy. It's it's in everything. And yes, Doctor Who is all about time travel. That's, That's a given. But it's too much. Let's do something else. How about we tell a story that has characters that we can get emotionally invested in and understand and root for and cheer on and, you know... Even the villains. I want, to be invo- I want to be emotionally invested in the villain. I want to boo-hiss the villain. Star Trek writers, go read Star Trek. Go read some Star Trek novels. Early Star Trek novels. You know, pocketbook stuff from the 80s. Read some of that. Watch the documentaries, watch the behind the scenes making of featurettes that have been done all, all through time. Watch the original series, cut it apart, analyze it. Why does it work? What's, what's the emotion here? What's the motivation here? Why is Spock doing this? Why is Kirk doing that? Why is McCoy doing this? Why is Scotty, Scotty? All, all of these different questions. Why is this character doing the thing they're doing? What's the motivation? And it comes back to something, that I've, and I've, I've realized this as a writer myself. Ultimately, story comes down to one thing. Each character wants or needs something. And every action that character takes is based on that want or need And when you have another character whose wants or needs come into conflict with your main character, that's where you have your drama. That's where you have your action. That's where you have your story. When wants and needs come into conflict, you have story. And what does Spock want? What does Spock need? And in Strange New Worlds, who knows? What does he want? Does he want Christine Chapel? Does he want a normal relationship? Does he want... What does he want? Does he want the respect of his peers? Does he want the respect of his people? Does he want to completely purge his human half? Does he want to be looked at as a Vulcan? Does he want to... What... What does he want? What's his motivation? What's his drive? Right now... Spock, the character, as written by the Strange New World staff, is a reactionary character. This something happens, and so he reacts to it. He's, he doesn't have any agency. And, and I would like the ship to go now is just probably one of the most ridiculous, dumbest Spock lines of all time. New Trek does not grok Spock. And I'm not... I We've got the third episode of the of the new season to watch. I'm not looking forward to it. And it doesn't look like Spock's going to be very much the focus of this one. It's going to be La'an. And again, Christina Chong's doing a great job. With the material she has. Ethan Peck, doing a fine job with the material he has. What I'm saying is that the writers need to step up and actually provide some good material for these actors to to, to have... Because it's not very good. Anyway. Mazer says, New Trek is putting their own tank on Spark they think will sell. But will it? I'd like to see Paramount Plus' numbers. I would like to see the numbers as well. We're not going to get them. But we did get word that Paramount is purging. uh, Paramount is purging programming this this week. Last week we got, you know, because... Prodigy's been canceled, and and some other shows have been canceled and pulled from Hulu. They're going to be doing that again. Everybody's going to be doing it because they got to they got to figure out ways to save money. Because these streaming cha- channels are loss leaders. They're money losers. They're they're not they're not making anything on this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Michael says, "Time travel in these non-time travel shows is millennial generation thing. It's all about avoiding permanent consequences to one's actions. Permanence enforces an unfair past." Interesting take. I'm gonna have to think about that one. I think I think you're right. Uh, Donnie says, "Speaking of Paramount Plus, I'm about to watch a new episode of its uh, the revival Beavis and Butthead, and then that of the revival of Icarly." See, I, see, uh, Tom was in the chat earlier. I've seen um, he has talked about the new Beavis and Butthead and he says it's really good. He enjoys it. It's just like the original. <coughs> I haven't seen anybody talking about Icarly though. So I don't know. I didn't watch that to start with. I didn't watch the original. So I don't I don't I kind of have just not even not even paid attention to the new one. <coughs> but if that's your if that's your bag, great. Enjoy. I hope it's something that you enjoy. See, and that's the thing. With all of this stuff, with all of this stuff, Star Trek, Doctor Who, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Willow, any anything they're bringing back, if you like it, fine. I mean, nobody says you can't. Nobody says you shouldn't. But those of us who sit there and say, well, you know, I'm not really all that keen on it. Here's why. If we have reasons why we don't like something, if we have reasons why this thing disappoints us, that doesn't make us bad people. It just says, this is the thing, and we're not really, we don't really enjoy the thing, and here's why we don't enjoy the thing. Indiana Jones 5 is going to go through that just like everybody else. Indiana Jones 5 is going to disappoint a lot of people. There are going to be people that are going to be angry about it. There are going to be people who, who like it, who enjoy it, who are entertained by it. They think it's fine. You know, you're going to have this whole range of of, of reviews and opinion about it. I, I just... I have seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I don't need to see it ever again. It is not... Uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that yet. I'm not gonna talk about it yet. You'll have to wait. Because I want to see. I want. I want Tim to see it so we can talk about it on H two O and and discuss it there. <coughs> All right. Anyway, that's it for today. Uh, tomorrow. 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 We have tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, It is Friday, which means we have another open line Friday, which means you can all call in and you can all talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, ask your questions, opine, share your pithy comments and your observations about life, the universe, and everything else in general. So that's tomorrow. And on Saturday, of course, we've got uh, Good Morning Multiverse with the week's headlines and we're packed again this week. So uh so there's that. In the meantime, grab us on the socials and all the different video platforms there. Do do consider uh following us on kick. I don't know what that's gonna do. Uh but right now we've got three followers on kick. So there's there's that. Uh, the Discord server up and running all the time. So you want to join us over there for those discussions. And uh, we'll do this all again tomorrow, Open Line Friday. Remember, the politicians hate you. The media lies to you quite a bit. God has a plan for you, and there are four lights.
0: This has been a presentation of me.com copyright 2023 by flaming dog media llc all rights reserved no portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of flaming dog media you're listening to sci-fi for me radio